Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. We're back one final time, episode 46, the Extra Extra in podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isagenics. Yes, you heard that right, the final time this season and what a season it has been. Price Atkinson joined, as always, by Joe Calabrese from TSN. Bringing you this final episode, we got uh, a guest interview with Evan and Rachel Workin out in Fargo, North Dakota. We're going to bring that to you here in the middle segment as those guys, along with Jordan Brown, Christine Lammers, they have qualified for the Mixed Nationals. That's going to be played in British Columbia next fall, one of the carryover world championships, but going to catch up with them, hear about their season, and certainly their first time playing at Nationals back in Fargo, their hometown, which was pretty cool. So uh, we've gotten to know Evan a little bit before, so we'll bring in Rachel as well. But let's get to the important things. Joe Calabrese, as the season winds down, are you catching your breath starting to after the NFL draft and everything that we have done this year? We're going to do a lot of recap in the final segment, but we got some game, we got some, we got some spiels, we got some events, we got some world championships to recap. But are you starting to catch your breath? Yeah, you know, Price, it's uh, been a long season. Olympic season feels like it, you know, started just after the uh, last season uh, ended, and you know, we're we're into uh, May now, and uh, we're just wrapping things up now. Uh, 46 episodes, Price. I'm, I'm pretty proud of what you've been able to accomplish here. Uh, we've done it together as a team. Not me, but we. We we have done it. It's been a team effort. You, uh, uh, most every week, um, we've had uh, Sean Murray here and there. We've had Jessica Schultz come in a few times. We've had Jerry Gertz. Um, we've had certainly a lot of guests and, you know, we cannot thank everybody who has, you know, been here either every week, almost every week, uh, you know, all the interviews that we brought, uh, and especially the people that have listened, everybody that subscribed, everybody that's downloaded and, and listened each week and, you know, getting to meet people through the year, whether it be in Omaha, whether it be at the mixed doubles, uh, Olympic trials in the twin cities up at four seasons, you know, it's just been neat to uh, hear people say that, you know, they enjoy listening and, and they and they like it. So uh, we can tell you right now, we will we will do it again next year. Uh, don't have any plans not to do it. And I think we've got some plans to maybe switch a few things up, uh, you know, do things, add some things, uh, tinker with some things. And so that's what we'll do in the offseason, Joe. But yeah, man, it has been a fun, fun year doing this. Yeah, you'll get, you know, next year you'll get a good dose of uh, what you got this year, plus uh, some new updates and changes uh, as we evolve the extra, extra end. It's going to yep. be a good uh, good time to, 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 to 
let your friends know what we're all about come fall. Yeah, so we're going to take that break as most everybody takes the break off the ice. Uh, and we will be back in September in the fall with a uh, another campaign of the Extra Extra In. But before we do that, we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that went down this past week, weekend, that are going on right now. And let's, I guess let's start with uh, the final slam of the year, Joe. You want to go there because... Um, Champions sure. Champions Cup. We had uh, two American teams, Jamie Sinclair and uh, Rich Ruinen. Both those teams playing in the Champions Cup. Uh, Nina Roth and John Schuster. They they opt out to not play. Uh, so we potentially could have had two on each side. But as it stands, we had Jamie and Richie. And here you go. You get another run to the playoffs in the quarterfinals by both teams. And Jamie, they look like they might even uh, make another run and go back-to-back as they were the only women's team to go 4-0 in the round-robin play, but just stopped just short by Rachel Homan in the quarter 6-5. Yeah, you know what? Um, you know, Looking at their results, I mean, they beat uh, Hasselborg and they beat Homan in the round-robins. So those are the number two and number three order of merit point teams uh, in the world. Um, and, you know, like you said, they ran through that, that round robin four and oh, um, and actually, um, you know, looking at that line score against Homan, um, they had some control of that game and, and Homan puts up a three spot in the seventh end and kind of, uh, puts, uh, Jamie in a spot where she's looking to score two and it winds, uh, winds up being a steal of two instead. And, uh, that's how that game kind of finished out. So, um, you know, it, it it's a terrific run again by Sinclair. I mean, this their end of season results have been terrific, and I you know I hope that inspires uh, that team for the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As they won the players championship, the you know really the prestigious of all the slams, they win that one. Uh, you know, the the one before it, and so it, just another run to the quarters. And I didn't see the game; I was out of town, uh, but. Somebody told me that that Holman got really lucky there in in that game to pick up, I believe it was the three, uh, to take control and you know stealing two that really kind of ended it. But I, I, somebody told me that it was a that Holman really really caught a a very favorable break in that game, uh, and obviously I think Holman was a team that was needing to catch any break they could because they had struggled mightily up until that point. You know, getting shut out at the players where they didn't win a single game, but you know, nonetheless, uh, Team Sinclair season and a great one it was comes to an end. And you know, looking at the uh, World Curling Tour rankings, Joe, if I've got uh, if I've got the if I've got everything right right now, they sit seventh. Team Sinclair does, and they have the potential, I believe, to start the year number five next season because of some team changes ahead of them. Right now, Nina Roth, uh, I believe, 10th in the uh, year-to-date points uh, standings and ranking on the World Curling Tour. So you're going to have top 10 finishes by both uh, the top two American teams uh, finishing the top 10 on tour. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, if you were to tell me that both those teams were going to be in the top 10, um, I would say there would have been an outside chance for that to happen. Um, But, you know, the way that those teams played this year – um, really just serve the world kind of notice that they're mm-hmm. ready to take that next step and be be one of those top uh, five teams in the world. Yeah, and the way Jamie uh, just kind of finished with a flourish, I think uh, you know a lot of people, especially her, uh, serve notice that these the team Sinclair and um, they're not going anywhere. And certainly Nina's team is going to be back and their run to the Olympics. I mean, it just 
Seeing two women's teams in the top ten uh, on the for the Americans is just awesome. Let's look at the men's side and Rich Ruin and those guys. They finished two and two in the round robin uh, at the Champions Cup and playing in their first ever slam. And so, you know, big opportunity for them. I know they let one get away in the round robin, but at two and two, they found their way into the playoffs. They play in the quarterfinals. Uh, I believe they came came up short. It was Glenn Howard seven to six in a game. That Richie and the guys were up three to one, and Howard came back uh, in the fourth end, tied it up, and it was really just back and forth. Is uh, Richie and the guys they were up one, playing the final end. Howard gets two, and you know basically steals the win right from out under him. Yeah, you know I'm looking at their results, and and you know we talked about top ten teams, and you know they were in that we we kind of called it a pool of death. They had uh, Jacobs, Carruthers, and Gushu in their pool. Yeah. That's the number two, number four, number six teams in the world um, in their pool. And they wound up two and one against those teams. Uh, they lost to, to Tardy, uh, who's ranked 58th, which, but it was a very close game. Um, and, and just like you said, I mean, they had their chances against Howard and, um, and that would have put them in the semifinals um, in that event. It would have, it's a pretty terrific result uh, coming into their first slam. Yeah, and by virtue of the points they pick up, Team uh, Persinger and Skip by Rich Ruinen, they will finish, it looks like right now, and again, if I've got everything correct, and I think I do, they will finish in the top 20. They they are 18th right now, um, and that's the way it's going to wrap up. Uh, if you're scoring at home, John Schuster and company, they will finish, I believe, 13th you got to scroll a little bit further down to uh, see some of the American teams. But, you know, still nonetheless, uh, Heath McCormick, 23. So in the top 25, you got three American teams anywhere between 13 and 23. You know, but, uh, you know, Richie and those guys, I, I, obviously there's probably going to be some changes there. We just don't know exactly what. I would. I personally would love to see them stay together because, you know, as Richie told us last week, there's no question that those guys – prove they can compete with the best i mean they went to the world championships we saw what they did there then you finish uh you you make it to the quarters in your first ever slam that's nothing to sneeze at yeah you know it'd be kind of nice you know even if if the thought process long term is that richie maybe isn't a four-year run guy at this point with being a little bit older than the rest of the team maybe bring on a younger guy and get him acclimated to the team and systems and let Richie play a little bit uh, in the now to kind of keep their, their ranking uh, where it needs to be uh, when the time comes. And um, I I'm sure, you know, the way that Richie acted um, in the, in the trials in terms of um, being the fifth for McCormick, I'm sure he'd probably be pretty good with that. You know, the idea of his, him having an opportunity to kind of continue playing at a world level, um, and and kind of bringing somebody on to to sort of replace him at some point. I bet you he'd be okay with that. I'm not, you know I'm sure he wants to compete and play, but I I would like to see him continue with this team. Yeah, I certainly would too. Let's look at uh, the world level and the world mixed doubles championship that goes down over uh, in Sweden. Sarah Anderson, Corey Dropkin, they finish thirteenth uh, overall. Um, I certainly know that they wanted more. Uh, out of that, but nonetheless, a 13th place finish as they 
They fell to Hungary 7-4 in the round of 16, That basically that first playoff game. Uh, they fell behind. Uh, they gave up uh, a single in the first three ends and basically just could not recover from there. And then uh, they uh, Italy, a team they beat in the round robin, uh, they fell 6-5. to And so that punches home a 13th place finish for Team USA over in Sweden in the World Mixed Doubles Championship. Yeah, another playoff uh, for a uh, United States team in a world championship. That's terrific. Uh, this was sort of highlighted in the very first game. They they scored a six under against Luxembourg, um, which, you know, six is as much as you can get in mixed double. So yeah. that's a, that's a pretty good start. They actually ran the five and oh, at the beginning of this event and kind of um, looked like they were going to be pretty dominant. Um, they run into, uh, you know, that situation you talked about against uh, uh, Hungary. Um, and then they have this weird uh, B qualification thing for to figure out where you're actually placed and they kind of want to lose in Italy in that uh, six to five that's how they kind of wound up in that 13th uh, spot but uh, at the end of the day another qualification for a U.S. team in a world championship that's uh, that's what we're looking for yep absolutely nothing to uh, nothing to be upset about there whatsoever and so congratulations to Corey and Sarah um, as we stay in Sweden we had a couple of uh, medal finishers on the at the World Senior Championships, and how about this? Both the American men and women they medal is Margie Smith's rink on the women's side. They win the silver medal, and then on the men's side, Jeff Wright's rink they take home the bronze. So the World Senior Championship played there at the same at the same venue uh, there in Sweden. Ongoing uh, concurrent championships. How about that? The the Americans on the World Senior side both bring home top three finishes. Yeah, and, and this event, um, you know, I'm looking at the uh, the women's side in particular. Um, Annette Norberg is in this event. Uh, Sherry Anderson's in this event. I mean, these are these are names. These are brand names. And the U.S. Uh, goes in there. They wind up with a silver medal on the women's side. That's pretty terrific. And then, you know, um, I'm going to just mention Jeff Wright's uh, second. Sean Silver has Rochester connections. So uh, shout out to Sean. Um, and uh, that team, uh, you know, winds up with the bronze. So, I mean, just a, a, an amazing run. Uh, by both these teams in in a uh, other world championship. Yeah, you mentioned uh, names. Uh, Gordon Muirhead, the skip of the Scottish team, which Jeff Wright and company, they defeat in the bronze medal game. Why does that last name sound familiar? Of course, Muirhead. Gordon Muirhead is Thomas and Eve's father. And so, you know, uh, we know the family connections run strong uh, in the sport of curling, as, as you'll obviously hear from Rachel and Evan Workin coming up in the next segment. But, you know, just, uh, y- yeah, you talk about teams that are no slouch uh, over there at the World Senior Championships. You know, as you mentioned, Annette Norberg, uh, just a huge, huge finish. And, and just another banner way for this season of USA Curling, the way this whole thing has finished, Joe. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. just it has started to kind of show what all of this uh, this high performance program stuff is all about. I mean, the seniors obviously not in the program, but you know, it's it's trickling down, I think, to some level, and that's sort of what I think the program needs to do. Right. We obviously need to build our junior program up uh, even more, um, but uh, it's starting. I think the the effect of the high performance program on the international scene is starting to have an effect yeah well when we come back we're going to have rachel and evan working in the final segment we're going to touch on the arena nationals going on right now over in 
part, uh, excuse me, Salt Lake City. I thought it was really cool. Mitt Romney delivering the ceremonial first stone there. So we'll uh, we'll kind of give you a recap of where things are at uh, with the Arena Nationals out in Salt Lake City. First, I was going to tell you a quick story, Joe. Uh, you and I were talking before we uh, before we came on and started recording. And so this week, I had to shake off a little rust going back in studio, hosting my buddy's uh, ESPN Upstate Radio show here in, in Greenville, South Carolina. And so I had on uh, Jeff Francoeur. If you remember Jeff Francoeur, if you're a Major League Baseball fan at all, any of our listeners right now, Jeff Francoeur, uh, outfielder for the Braves, uh, played 12 years in the majors, was a 23rd overall draft pick, won a couple gold gloves as an outfielder. I believe he uh, finished his career. He played for the Phillies for a little while, finished with the Royals. Actually, I think he finished in Atlanta. He got uh, signed as a free agent before he retired. But anyway, had Jeff on. So he finished the interview uh, the other day, this week, and he told me, he said, I said, you in New York with the guys uh, for the Mets series? And he said, no. He said, I actually got home because he was inducted in the Gwinnett County Sports Hall of Fame uh, earlier in the week. He said, no, we're getting ready to fly to Disney World. I said, oh, man, it seems like everybody's at Disney World because I saw Schuster and his family are down there and I know a bunch of others. And I said, golly, it's Disney World week. It seems like everybody's going to Disney World this week. I said, if you see if you see a little bling walking around Disney World, it might be a gold medal. And and a guy named John Schuster, who's a skip of the U.S. men's uh, curling team that won gold in, in South Korea. And, and Frank Corr's like, oh, man, I love those guys. He goes, my dad and I were watching all the games. He goes, man, that was awesome. He goes, I'm going to have to look for him. I said, of course, you, you're going to be able to spot him real easy in, at Disney World, not. But, you know, it was just funny because you run across <laughs> these curling fans you know that people you just would not expect to just you I hear stories all the time just captivated by you know the run the guys went on over in South Korea I thought it was really cool and I wanted to share that real quick on the way out that's awesome man what a great story yeah so all right when we come back Rachel Evan working we're going to talk with them Uh, they've qualified for the mixed world championship that will be uh, in the fall over, uh, excuse me, up in British Columbia. And when we come back, Joe and I will put a bow on episode 46, our final episode of the season. When we come back here on the Extra Extra End with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Isotane. All right, here we go. Special guest here on this edition of the Extra Extra End podcast. We're going to talk with the Working family, and that would be Evan and Rachel out in Fargo, North Dakota. Had a great time uh, there in their city back in March. I wish it would have been a little bit warmer, but from everything I've been told, guys, that uh, the weather did cooperate pretty good for us, that uh, it could have been below uh, zero. We didn't have anything really that bad, but it was just a great time out there with you all, and it was a pleasure to meet you at, at uh, Nationals back in March. So welcome in, uh, Rachel and Evan Working to the podcast. Hey, thanks. thanks for having us on, Bryce. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking some time out. As this is our final episode of uh, of the season here, as we begin to kind of turn the page and wrap things up, uh, take a little bit of time off. And I know it's been a long year for for us here. I know it's been a long year for you guys because this uh, these these kind of Olympic quadrennial years they they you know build to a climax and. You know, they finish, and you guys have had a heck of a finish to this season. And, you know, before we kind of talk, you know, get into all that, uh, you know, 
I think it's pretty cool that you guys play mixed nationals, which you guys won uh, a couple what couple weeks ago, uh, back at the end of March. You guys win USA Curling Mixed Nationals uh, in Minnesota, and you do it half the half the team is besides Jordan uh, Brown and Christina Lammers. It's you two guys, husband and wife, and I think. That just really epitomizes what the sport of curling is all about. But I know that had to have been special getting to play together and, and win a title together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we always play like league and stuff together and you do that. But uh, um, it's always fun to get together and, and enjoy some success like that uh, together. Mm-hmm. And we've been playing separately all year. So it was really nice to actually have some time together on a weekend and be able to have a little fun. Yeah, and I got the feeling that uh, like curling is everywhere around the country. I mean, it's such, it is such a family affair where you've got kids that are playing, that you're coaching. Uh, I mean, right there in Fargo with the Fargo-Moorhead Club where you're the facility manager, Evan, uh, that is a really tight-knit community you guys have there in the Fargo-Moorhead area. I mean, the, the Potals, uh, you know, sisters, which uh, dad coaching, you played with Ann, uh, Rachel, on that team. It, it, y'all have a really close curling community there in the greater Fargo area. Yeah, it's uh, decently small, so everybody knows everybody. Uh, I grew up playing against Ann. My brother played against Evan and then with mm-hmm. him, and then now I'm with Ann. It's, yeah, everybody gets to play with everybody. Seems like everybody gets along really well. A lot more friendly rivalries, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not uh, not the nasty ones uh, that you see, especially in the pro sports. Eh? But look, 5-2 to two win over Washington State. Uh, and Fred Maxey, you guys win the 2018 USA Curling Mix National Championship. Uh, they're outside the Twin Cities. That was in Lakeville, Minnesota. You know, give us a just give us a taste as you guys will go on to the 2018 World Mix Championship. But it's not an event that's taking place here in the next couple of weeks. It's one of the few carryover events till next season when you guys will represent Team USA in British Columbia. Yeah, it was kind of interesting circumstance and how that worked out. Um, you know, with having so much momentum throughout the year and playing mm-hmm. well and having a great season and kind of ending and then. Um, you get six months to prepare, but it's six months, you know, and essentially was the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, starting in October. So um, it's kind of when you see most teams getting started, kind of like that, you know, mid September area, um, you kind of get going with things, but it's like, we got to be at a world level, you know, by that early October um, time frame, um, you know, to, to have a good showing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of trying to find some summer spiels that work, uh, trying to find a few weekends down in the cities that we have ice. We don't have ice year round here in Fargo. So it's going to be a little bit of a challenge trying to meet together and get geared up for it. Yeah. So unlike a lot of teams that are trying to end now and just simply toes in the sand, kick back and relax, you guys are going to have to try and get out and play a little bit more in the summers and not just wait really for things to fire up at the beginning, you know, end of August, beginning of September. Yeah, and, you know, luckily, like, all of us have always been pretty good about playing summer spiels throughout the summer anyway, just mm-hmm. it's something we enjoy, and it's how we, yeah. you know, put some fun back in when you're playing, you know, in all those competitive spiels all year long. Um, you know, they're, they're fun, but it's a different kind of fun you're having. Um, you're, you're geared up more for that high, high competitive um, uh, situations, but this is kind of our chance to, to really see why we love the sport. But, you know, at the same time, we got a, we got a lot of things that we got to, you know, continue to work on, you mm-hmm. know, prepare for a five rock free guard zone. Um, which is actually something they're going to be, it'll be like the first world event that's implemented. Um, 
you know, with that. So um, just trying to get that stuff uh, shirt up with team strategy and stuff like that. Yeah, so you guys get to play with uh, teammates that not just yourselves, who are obviously very close. You live together, married. But uh, Evan, you're tight with Jordan Brown. He was also on your team and uh, plays with you on Team Brundage this past season. But then, Rachel, you team up, and Christina Lammers, who played with you guys uh, on Team Ann Podal, that's your other foursome. So you, you bring people in to the team, this mixed national team, from your you know from your you know your regular team you curl with all the time i don't think that's 100% uncommon but what kind of advantage is that to play with people you know so well and, and curl with all year whether it be you know at home in leagues but you know in events around the country yeah you get used to everybody's personality um how they shoot how they release uh kind of what they're feeling throughout a game so even though we didn't play much uh as a mixed team Jordan and Evan work well together and Christina and I work well together. And it, it really clicked once we hit the ice, even though we hadn't played much together. Mm-hmm. So as you guys get ready, you, again, you will be Team USA representing the United States at the 2018 World Mix Championship, October 13th through the 20th in British Columbia. And I mean, is it, is it hit you that you will be wearing Team USA jerseys? I mean, you will have these stars and stripes. I'm sure it probably has, but just what kind of an honor is that going to get going to be to get to be Team USA? Yeah, that's that's really incredible. You know, I was said I never really wanted to ever wear uh, anything USA, mm-hmm. you know, related stuff like that anywhere I went, um, just because I had never earned that. But uh, finally, getting that and getting mm-hmm. that chance to, to have USA on your back is a huge huge honor to have so uh, I'm excited for that that's for sure yeah what what is it gonna be like Rachel for you get to do it uh you know you get to be team USA with your husband it's pretty neat it's not something that a lot of people get to say and experience yeah yeah I feel like it really hasn't set in yet I mean sure we tried on like uniforms or whatever after (laughs) yeah uh, after playdowns was over but it was it's still a little surreal hasn't really kicked in yet I'm sure once we're packing luggage or whatever to go there it's gonna really uh hit yeah. yeah all right continue with Rachel and Evan working uh you know t- Evan we got to talk to you a, a little bit there while we were in in Fargo but Rachel I'm kind of curious for you because you guys live just what blocks away from Shields Arena there in Fargo where Nationals was competed and you know Evan on Team Brundage but you were with uh Ann Podol and you know what kind of opportunity was that to have Nationals you know in, in your hometown right there where you live just around the corner uh, you get to play with teammates uh, pretty much all from your club and get to do it at Nationals for your what I believe the very first time yeah it was really cool to be able to have everybody we know from the community able to come out it was mm-hmm. just a quick drive um, so we had lots of friends lots of family there it kind of I don't know. It didn't feel like a national national because you're right in town and it's not like you, you traveled. So <laughs> I don't know if our mindset was totally there, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really neat to have everybody, everybody out and be able to see everybody play against in league up in the stands. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of my lasting uh, memories is, well, I mean, a couple and they both involved uh, your two respective teams was, just really the way that uh, the team Brundage kind of lightning in a bottle and everything just kind of came together and, and you make the playoffs and you know that, how special that was and then really Ann and Beth your respective teams uh, Rachel getting to play with Ann and, and you get to play in I believe it was the final round robin game you know Ann versus uh, her sister Beth that was a pretty pretty neat memory to get to have there on one of the what, the final I think it was the final round robin draw uh, and you get to do it on, on the feature stream. 
Yeah, it was kind of cool um, when we first heard that Beth got in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really neat seeing like, oh, it's going to be a sister-sister <laughs> showdown uh, eventually in the week. And it was, yeah, it was kind of neat that it was the showcase game so everybody could tune in and watch. Yeah. All right, uh, Evan, as you're the facility manager at the Fargo-Moorhead Curling Club there, what's uh, what have things been like since Nationals left town? You've obviously had an Olympic year. You know, been a lot of things happening clearly around the country and in the sport of curling that's been – it's been awesome. I mean, you know, Vegas, I mean, just all kinds of things that have gone on and happened. How has, how has your club been impacted? Have you seen, you know, uptick and maybe some others coming out to try it, a uh, little extra energy around the club? What's it been like there with your club? Yeah, absolutely. There's been uh, a lot more excitement out of members, um, you know, just with all the events going on and, you know, so many members from the club uh, making national events this year, whether it's juniors or men's and women's and mixed. Um, there's been a lot more excitement, like I said, from the members and then um, all the community people, too. They're seeing it around TV and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we've had a lot more like our Learn to Curls, you know, everyone we've had from the start of the year, even through the end of the year. Um, we've all been full, so there's lots of energy there. I wish we had more room to put them places <laughs> in our leagues. <laughs> we've been pretty, our club's been pretty successful, you know, with the new building we've had. Um, you know, we really don't have much openings. Um, you know, we got to start getting creative with that stuff. But but it's good problems to have. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always new people that are interested, and it keeps the energy up in the club uh, all around with new members, older members. Um, so it's exciting. Next year is going to be exciting. I'm sure the following years after that will be as well. So what is next year? And I'm glad you mentioned next year as we begin wrapping up with Rachel and Evan working out in Fargo, uh, North Dakota. What does next year hold for your respective teams, Team Brundage and Team Anpoto? Changes? Things stay the same in terms of, uh, you know, your your, your regular teams? How, how have you guys plotted a course? Know what uh, next year holds for you yet? As far as Team Brundage goes, um, yeah, we're, we're good to go. I think uh, there might be a little bit of a – a little hiccup just to start the year with, um, you know, us going into worlds, mm-hmm. um, you know, not necessarily the lack of preparation in terms of curling, just in yeah. terms of which teams we're playing with to get going. But, but you know, it's fine. You know, they're all, you know, Jordan and Jed are all play together in league. And so they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're able to in the cities and be able to play all summer. Yeah. So they, they're able to stay sharp. And then again, you know, it being another year under us, there won't be such a, such a steep learning curve, like, you know, team dynamic learning curve is like we had last year. So, um, but yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of excitement there. You know, we're going to, we're going to get after it hard again and, um, you know, with mixed end and men. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, same from the Podol side, I believe. Uh, we haven't had our official sit down yet to plan out scheduling and that sort of thing, but yeah. I think we're all on board for next year and pretty excited to get going. Yeah, certainly the way things really came together for, for both your teams, uh, I got to think that uh, really kind of you know, skyrocket you, so to speak, and you know, into an off season to get ready for next year. To after you know, just such a great taste in both your mouths for with a lot of success and getting uh, getting to play at nationals, and uh, it's just a lot of fun watching you guys. And so, before we wrap this thing up, what does the summer hold uh, in terms of vacation plans? Where are you guys going to jet set off to? You got fun plans coming up? I know you got something good cooked up, at least to get to some warm weather. Oh, I had been trying to drag Evan down to the Hollywood summer spiel, but now with our vacation days, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But Yeah, yeah. One of our old teammates we actually played mix, mix with, and I grew up playing juniors with, plays out of the Hollywood club. So every year he's begging us to come down. We went down one year, and uh, we'll see We'll see how that works out in terms of scheduling and stuff this year, if we can get back down there while he's still down there. So uh, never know. Could be a cool thing, though. I hear it's getting pretty big and popular with all the big shots heading down there. So, 
Yeah, see, Jerry Gertz was trying to talk me into it, and so now he's got me trying to talk my <laughs> wife into going because I'm trying to tell her, babe, who doesn't curl, who's she's tried it, been to learn to curls before, but well, how fun would it be to spend a weekend in Hollywood, in Los Angeles, just doing nothing but curling, getting out and enjoying the sun? I'm not having a whole lot of success, guys. I'm sure you guys are probably having a little bit more success trying to talk each other into it, or at least not talk each other into it, work it out schedule-wise. But, man, you talk about a way to spend uh, a few days in the summer out there at the Hollywood Club for the the summer spiel. That would be a lot of fun because I have heard a lot of cool, fun, epic stories. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. We went out there the one time, and uh, club members are absolutely enthusiastic. They're excited, you know, get to meet some celebrities, uh, curling world, and – and in the acting world. So, um, like I said, a lot of excitement, great members there. So it's not a bad time. That's for sure. I mean, we had a ton of fun. Yeah. Well, it's been a ton of fun having you guys on today. I think it's just a neat story. You guys getting to, you know, husband and wife, you get to go to national, you go to nationals for the first time, uh, right there in your hometown there in Fargo, right around the corner from your house. Then you go off and win mixed nationals and you're going to be representing team USA in, in Canada, Next October, guys, Evan, Rachel, congratulations. And is more than anything, just thanks for a few minutes today as we wrap up the season here on the Extra Extra In. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks, Bryce. All right. We'll be right back here on the Extra Extra In podcast with the Sports Network Power Bicycles. All right, final segment here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Sagenix, Price Atkinson, Joe Calabrese here to put a bow on this thing, to wrap up what has been a long campaign, not just for us, but for the sport. And it has been one year that we will not forget anytime soon. But before we get nostalgic and just kind of taking a look back on the year, Joe, uh, the arena, U.S. Arena Nationals ongoing right now out in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, and uh, you know my home club, the the Palmetto Curling Club, they're competing on the men's side, uh, but a certainly a full field as you have on the men's side. You have uh, uh, you have four pools of five, and then on the women's side we have three pools of five. So I know we've got a lot of friends uh, all across from across the country competing on both the men's and women's side there at Arena Nationals. Yeah, you know, you take a look at, um, you know, some on the women's side, for example, I'm looking at the standings as, we, as we're recording in, you know, wine country, Cleveland uh, leading one pool, San Francisco and Broadmoor leading the uh, second pool in Hollywood and uh, Kansas City uh, leading the third pool. Um, you know, and I noticed that um, the wine country uh, team has uh, that front end from uh, California that we saw at Nationals a couple of years ago, Porsche and, and Aurora. Um, on the front end of, the, of a team skipped by Katie Feldman. And so they're, they're leading on uh, the women's side, one of the pools. So a good chance that a team with some, some experience uh, at, from a couple years at the uh, women's nationals could uh, make a run at uh, arena nationals this year. And then over on the men's side, you know, I'm looking at pool a and Dallas Fort Worth um, is uh, leading one pool, pool a at four and oh, so they're all done with their game. So they're going to be moving on to the playoffs. And, and at lead is, Nick Myers, uh, also in that, uh, somebody who has a lot of Nationals experience, and I know he's uh, played in this event a couple of times. So um, looking pretty strong. And then, you know, we got uh, Pittsburgh at 2-2 two and two over in 
Pool C. So they're finished with their games. They're probably looking at a possible tiebreaker uh, or uh, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. Maybe Mark Robinson, uh, our guest from last week's episode, um, may make it uh, through the playoffs. Uh, some, some exciting stuff. Palmetto one and two. Picked up a win. Yeah. Nice job there, Price. Yeah. You know, your club uh, representing there, Daniel Fort uh, skipping that team. So uh, looking for good things out of them in the future. Uh, Palmetto, uh, nice growing club out there. Yeah, doing uh, doing a good job. The men back at Arena Nationals. And, you know, David Markowski from the Wine Country Curling Club had him on, uh, met him uh, at the uh, World Championships in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, had that interview as he was there with the uh, Wounded Warrior Project. He's skipping that Wine Country uh, team uh, on the men's side, leading Pool C three and O. You know, just got a lot of friends. You know, we know we know a lot of these folks that are playing. You know, Lon Pepper, who works on the Ice Crew, gotten to know pretty well. He's uh, playing third for that Cedar Rapids team, one and two in Pool D. You know, I know I'm probably leaving many out. Uh, you got uh, you know the Cincinnati guys, uh, two and one in Pool A. Uh, just been neat to get to know a lot of these folks, and uh, you know, certainly uh, good luck to all of them that are competing out there in Salt Lake City, Utah. I still think it was pretty cool that Mitt Romney delivered that ceremonial first stone not going political i just think it's neat that you had a guy out with that kind of stature and certainly you know he was instrumental in bringing that olympics in 2002 to salt lake city but what what a really neat uh treat for everybody competing out there in salt lake yeah a really smart way to keep uh somebody who's connected uh involved in curling so you know he's uh He's a good representative of uh, what the U.S. ought to be thinking about uh, long-term, bringing more events uh, to the U.S. All right, uh, Joe, as uh, we begin starting to wrap this thing up, episode 46, let's go back a little bit. I mean, we've had a lot of guests. Uh, you know, We've had a lot of folks join us here for uh, guest interviews. We've done a lot of different things. Uh, you know, The nightly recaps we did out in, out in Omaha after each day of round-robin play in the Olympic trials. Um, you know, did some things out at, uh, at the mixed doubles when I was there uh, in December at Four Seasons. We obviously had uh, nationals in Fargo where we were <laughs> to say we were a little overworked out there. We just weren't able to podcast as much as we were as we wanted to. But still d- done a lot of fun things this year. G- give me some things that stand out here from the extra extra end in our first full year. Boy, you know what, Price? I want to go back. I think uh, the ability of uh, you to get some of these guests that we were able to get in, um, I think is terrific. I mean, just to get at the perspective of people who were involved in the Olympic trials, involved in um, curling internationally, um, getting their perspective on things and, and really talking through what it is that they think about U.S. curling at the highest levels, um, I think is unique. And it's one of the reasons why we put this together in the first place. Um, so it, Price, I have a question for you, I guess. Absolutely. What do you, what do you consider to be the best moment from the podcast this year? The best moment from the podcast? Wow. Yeah, I got one in my head. Oh, so you're you you you're basically wanting one answer from me is basically what you're telling no, me. No, 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 no. I just I have one answer. I'm wondering what your favorite moment was. <sighs> That's God. This is making riveting uh, podcast material here. <laughs> I I will tell you that I think that um, I think the twenty minutes getting to sit down with Kevin Martin and just kind of talk unfiltered at uh, in uh, at back at Four Seasons in December. 
that was I, that was a really neat special experience only because it was Kevin Martin and you know I was we were sitting over at uh, Sticks and Stones the restaurant you know right there attached to Four Seasons and we were over there eating and I told him earlier I want I, if I could just get ten minutes with you Kevin I would love it and so uh, I was walking in and and um, he he saw me and he was eating or waiting on his food I can't remember and he said you, you want to go ahead and do this I said Kevin I don't want to interrupt your meal go ahead because he was with some of the you know Trini and some of the other NBC guys and I said he's like no 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 let, let's go so he literally stands up and like come on let's if you're good right now let's go knock it out I said, all right so he I mean, literally gets up from his meal there at sticks and stones and we go back over in, into the office when we had a little bit of time uh, between draws and, and knocked it out and just the way he was just so gracious with his time that that was one thing that that was special to me that that I certainly will remember. Yeah, I, I think that you know, getting those types of uh, quality guests and getting them to spend a little bit of time with us, uh, you know, is something that really made this unique. Um, that really hadn't been done too much in the U.S. curling before. Um, and and getting somebody like Kevin Martin, who's now you know a commentator and does a lot of stuff on U.S. Uh, U.S. events. It it had to be a really great moment for you uh, to get the opportunity to spend some time with them. I I want to tell you the thing that I thought was one of the best moments was Richie calling in to try to get that extra extra and bump uh, before the trials. And uh, you know it's nice. It was nice to have people kind of notice. Hey, you know things are something weird is going on here. And in the early part of the season where people were coming on and then they were finishing really well. But you know. Uh, we talked about just how great the U.S. Uh, results have been all year, and it, it really didn't have anything to do with us, but it was kind of fun to to spend a little time joking about that with Richie for a little bit. Yeah, that was definitely I, – I, I would put that up there. That was, that was without a doubt, uh, a lot of fun doing that. Uh, you know, people noticing the bump. Um, you know, some of the late nights we did there, uh, high atop uh, Baxter Arena, uh, th- those were fun. Um, you know, just uh, – I really appreciate all the athletes, the coaches, whether it be on the phone uh, recording these. Terry Davis uh, with USA Curling helping set these up. Uh, Rick Patsky, you know, allowing you know us to do some of the things that we do uh, with the different events, and you know, really everybody associated with USA Curling. Uh, you know, the coaches, players, staff that gave us a few minutes uh, on the whether it be on the phone. You know, even after losses at the Olympic trials, when that's the last thing they wanted to do was talk to anybody. You know, even going back to Curling Night in America, when I sat down with a lot of the the teams and you know a lot of the pairs back in August of last year and recorded a lot of interviews. Uh, you know, sat in this uh, little tiny copy room that made a uh, de facto studio, and you didn't get to see a lot of the first part of the filming because it was back there recording so much on that first day. But you know, just just the time that everybody has given us and. and and really, that's the content that we bring to the listeners every single week is want to bring you the voices, the ones that are taking the ice and that are behind the scenes, you know, just making this stuff happen, Joe. Yeah, you know, and, it, and we wouldn't have been able to really pull this off, I don't think, in terms of getting some sort of audience without people contributing uh, as sponsors of prizes. And um, so, you know, people like Monica Walker, who, who mm-hmm. uh, sent us a jersey, uh Dynasty Curling, you know, Red Elephant Chocolates, Ultimate Mental Edge. I'm, I'm going through the list here. Ice Halo, The Stabilizer, um, and we had John Morris on in that episode. That was a pretty good episode. Too. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, Broomskins, School of Rock. I mean, um, we had a lot of folks contribute something to kind of help us build an audience. And uh, the Rock Watcher um, is another one of those uh, sponsors. So 
you know, we're going to try to contribute uh, back to the community uh, in some way. And, and these sponsors sort of help us do that. Yeah. And I will say one other thing in terms of moments, and this is one I wish you would have been able to have with me. And that was out in Las Vegas when we, you know, had the opportunity, thanks to Rod Paulson and uh, Stu Brown and, and the folks, uh, you know, with the World Championship there in Las Vegas and Vegas Curling Rocks to be able to broadcast the podcast that Thursday at the patch poolside on the stage to do the podcast for an hour, um, you know, in front of everybody. That was, you know, live, doing something live uh, like that, nothing, not super new to me, having done it with, you know, local terrestrial radio before. Uh, but that was quite a big audience, and especially uh, to do it uh, in, in that kind of venue, in that kind of setting, uh, right on the stage poolside in Vegas, that, w- that was really cool. And I really appreciate those guys for giving us that chance. I just wish you had had the chance to be there to, to join Jerry and I on stage, because that was, that was something pretty cool, a chance where we got to uh, put the extra extra in doubt let people hear and, and know it's even out there uh where it's all centered on usa curling yeah it would have been nice to be there but you know we, to be honest with you i'm just proud you got the opportunity to do it i mean it sounded like a really cool time and a great event um good chance for us to get the name out there um i had another question for you price that's a horrible segue but i'm going to give it to you anyhow so you make this look pretty easy doing this podcast i mean you kind of you set up the guest you you make sure that everything gets recorded and edited and all the music is done was there anything about putting this this particular podcast together that surprised you i i wouldn't say there was anything that surprised me um i think probably not so much the 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 organizing of some things uh, was sometimes surprising because when you get the athletes and the coaches, you know some of them love to talk, and that's what you want. You want you want them to talk. You want them to open up. Um, I think the way some of the athletes and, and the the coaches sometimes um, some obviously more so than others opened up, and that was something that that surprised me. But I think that, and I'm hoping that's, you know, developing that rapport and the relationships, you know, uh, over the last year or two with in, in building that trust that allows them to do that with us. And certainly I hope that just does nothing, uh, but flourishes and continues as we move into another season next year. But I will, I will, it's interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I think one of the things that I did notice about, uh, USA curling this year was that they had, uh, a much better ability to sort of speak in front of the camera. I mean, they had a lot more opportunities to do it if they were qualifying for more events and the World Curling Federation kind of put them in, in situations where they were they were going to be uh, recorded on video for, for interviews and things like that. But um, they people opened up a lot more and they were more available than I think I had anticipated at the start of the year being an Olympic year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Schuster and the guys had way more opportunities just because of the, the end result. Um, but it was good to hear people like Landstein or people who you even don't necessarily hear from all the time yeah. uh, get a chance to, to talk a little bit about their journey and what it took to get them where they were. Yeah, and, and that was something that I, I, I personally tried to strive to do is, you know, there's some that, that obviously are more comfortable in this setting and, and doing the interviews than others. But it's not always about the skips. You know, the skips get so much of the ink, so much of the pub and the PR because obviously of their role on the team. But, you know, the front end guys and, and, and women that, you know, play lead and, and their seconds and, you know, vice skips, you know, the chance to humanize them, to give the voice to them, let them tell, 
you know, a lot more about they are peel the layers back because they're the ones you don't oftentimes hear as much about. Uh, and so that was something I thought was, you know, important to do this year is, is we tried to do it. I will tell you here as we get ready to wrap this thing up that I am kind of glad that we we're putting the finishing touches on the season because where I record, I record it at my house upstairs in our bonus room above the garage, which is, it's not a studio. Don't think it's a studio. It's a, I've got my equipment set up here. I've got, you know, this is where I work. Uh, we've got a big TV up here in the corner that I have on usually all the time during the day watching. But anyway, this is where I record, do, you know, putting everything together. But so during the day, it gets so, that's why I'm glad we were recording in the morning. But in the afternoons, especially this time of year, the sun comes around the front of the house. I bake up here. I cannot bake much more in the afternoons because this is the time of the year where it starts to get really hot, and I end up usually going downstairs. So I'm glad I don't have to haul all my equipment downstairs to, to kind of reset this thing up. Acoustics are really good up here. Uh, it's worked really good. So it, the timing is perfect for us to get out the door on episode 46, Joe. But I just can't do, say uh, thank you enough to you and BA for the opportunity uh to having brought this element to to TSN and 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 just our listeners this year, it's just it's been a lot of fun. So thank you to both of you guys for the opportunity to do it. Well, uh, I can speak for Brian uh, when I say uh, we really do appreciate uh, all the work that you've put in on this. Uh, we've talked a little bit about season two and some of the changes that we're going to make, but I'm excited that you're going to be back uh, working on it again with us uh, come fall. Uh, but I hope that you don't think we're going to get out of here without talking a little NFL draft. Oh goodness, no! We've got to we've got to do that. We got to do that because your Bills make a big trade. Nothing real surprising. They made I, two trades. Well, two. Yeah, they're I, crazy. <laughs> they made two trades. <laughs> what did you? Th- I mean, they pick up. Yeah. What, go ahead. What did you think? I mean, are you are you happy? Are you surprised? I think at the end of the day, I'm pretty happy. Um, I think that I could have played linebacker for the Bills before the draft and uh, the way that their depth chart had been. Um, and they needed to get pick up somebody. Uh, they wind up picking up a linebacker with the second pick of, they had in the first round uh, as a result of trading up. And they got somebody who I looked at and just said, geez, that guy is fast. And so that's what we need. We need a tall, fast linebacker to, to guard Gronkowski. That was important. But uh, obviously what everybody's been talking about it, uh, here is uh, Josh Allen and um, moving up to the number seven pick overall to get him. And, and could we have gotten Rose? Or should we have taken Rose and should we have taken Allen? You know, at the end of the day, um, I think Allen has the, the physical attributes that you need in order to play in Buffalo. Uh, I'm excited about uh, seeing him get out there. I think, you know, A.J. McCarron is obviously a placeholder and he may start a few games, but this is going to be Josh Allen's team before the end of the season, I think. Yeah, a lot of people think that he was the best quarterback in the draft. I personally, I, I, I personally, if I was Cleveland, I would have taken Saquon Barkley first, and I, I think Mayfield, they could have gotten him at four. Um, but look, uh, you know, to each their own. Uh, some people like Darnold. Uh, I, there were a lot of other. I mean, I like Lamar Jackson, so I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a, a great NFL pro. But you know, the the Panthers. I, I got to tell you, I was really pleased with DJ Moore, the wide receiver out of Maryland, uh, six foot. It gives I think Steve Smith gave the ringing endorsement. I'm not going to go call him Steve Smith, like Steve Smith said he might be the next coming of himself. Um, but I was I was <laughs> I was pretty fired up that we got DJ Moore in the first round. After that, it was you know just filling some holes in the secondary. Um, but nothing. There was just nothing in the first round, and in, in anything that you just said, oh, this is just this is highway robbery, you know, outside of maybe Mayfield yeah. going number one. Yeah, I think I, I guess we talked about the last 
uh, podcast is Saquon Barkley looked like the best player available. And, and it's not like the Browns had spectacular options at running back. So I think you could have gone either way. And, and But losing a, a talent like uh, Barkley uh, to get Mayfield at the one pick, which just seemed kind of odd. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the Browns. The Browns do things differently. And, you know, sometimes the results are uh, – kind of speak for themselves. Um, but, you know, I, I tend to agree with you about that, that pick the wide receiver for uh, the Panthers. I mean, they traded uh, Benjamin to the bills and they kind of need a new, a new target for, for uh, Newton. So it's a good, that's a good pick right there. And the Panthers bills connection. I re- read late last night continues on as Dan Morgan, former Panther linebacker, I guess he's going to be joining the bills front office here. Uh, I'm not sure if you read about that. So that Brandon being the, uh, the rivalry, the, um, you know, all those connections and threads between our two teams now is you got another layer to it. And before we get out of here real quick, as it relates to NFL draft, I'll just say this. I thought the Schuster pick uh, doing it at the St. Paul curling club, uh, delivering the rock rock genius, Joe. That was pretty cool. I, I was, that was a lot of fun to watch. I watched that a few times uh, uh, over the weekend on uh, social media. It got a lot, a lot of views. So, Another uh, great chance for some exposure by uh, Team Schuster. So. Yeah, awesome. Pretty exciting. All right, let's get out of here. Episode 46 is in the books, Joe, as always. Just high virtual high fives as you're in Rochester, New York. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. But appreciate everybody uh, listening every single week. If you miss this episode or any of the previous 45 episodes, you can go and listen to them. You can go to tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can listen to every episode right there. Certainly uh, via iTunes, you can go to the Apple podcast app on your phone just go to the apple podcast app search the extra extra in it will auto populate you just hit it right there and hit subscribe uh, while you're there uh, give us a rating we love a five-star rating we'll take four we'll take anything you got because that makes it easier for others to find uh, the more you go rate like and share uh, there on the apple podcast app and you can listen via stitcher uh, that that's a free app that if you're an android user you can download it there and search the extra extra in get it there uh, myriad of ways you can listen also google play uh, but if you missed anything it is all there for you all all summer long, episodes 1 through 46. If you are a person that listens to, from episode 1 to 46 this past this coming summer, let us know come fall because you will be a guest on episode 1 of season 2. How about that, Joe? I like that. Let's let's start uh, our episodes as S2.1. <laughs> I like that. Let's do that. All right. For all our listeners, uh, thank you so much all season long. Joe, appreciate everything. We're going to get out of here. Have a great summer, everybody. If, in case something pops up in the summer, there could be a very brief cameo, a podcast, maybe somewhere along the way. But otherwise, we will see you in the fall here on the Extra Extra Podcast with the Fulton Sports Network, our Biosigenics. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden 
from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. What does it take to end cyber attacks? At Cyber Reason, we can tell you exactly what it takes. It takes an army of battle-tested defenders on a mission. Defenders who fight foes that operate under the cover of digital darkness. Defenders who think, move, and adapt faster than cyber attackers. Defenders with the technology and effortless automation to spot an attack forming on computers, mobile devices, servers, and the cloud, and alert you when it matters most. To end cyber attacks, it takes the brightest minds in global cyber intelligence working to deliver future-ready protection to guard your data wherever the fight moves cyber reason is ready to win the battle with you and for you in the fight to end cyber attacks we are the defenders join us to reverse the adversary attacks with proactive protection against ever-evolving threats cyber reason and cyber attacks from endpoints to everywhere learn more at cyberreason.com. that's c-y-b-e-r-e-a-s-o-n.com 